Hello and welcome to the Not From This Planet podcast, where we talk about books, writing, publishing and lots of other stuff. In this episode, in celebration of World Book Day, we're going to talk about our favourite childhood books. So, Michelle, what was your favourite? Well, I read a a lot of books as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I was literally never without a book in my hand. I remember every break time at school, every lunchtime, I would just sit and read because, you know, I was one of those weird ones that didn't actually (laughs) join in and play with everybody else. And I remember um, one of my absolute favourites was Charlotte's Web. And I actually reread it not that long ago. Last last year during lockdown, I reread Charlotte's Web and it's such a good book. <laughs> I mean, I know it was, you know, it was written in the 50s, I think. And it's, um, yeah, children's book. But I really enjoyed rereading it um, because I could really appreciate how good the story was, really. Um, but I think, to be honest, it was my favourite because my lifelong dream has been to have a pet pig. <laughs> basically and that's that is true. the whole premise so of the story true. yeah <laughs> I mean you know everything I owned had, was pig themed wasn't it I mean yeah. I had bedding my room was pink I had clothes and stuffed animals and everything was pigs everything yeah. absolutely everything I saw it it's true <laughs> it, yeah you know there's, there's evidence <laughs> and so you know the story of this little girl who gets to keep this runty little pig and have it as her pet well yeah, that's obvious. It's going to be my favourite, really, wasn't it? But uh, how about you? What was your favourite? Um, I really liked, uh, you know, the Beatrix Potter books, probably. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the ones I remember the most from, you know, early early childhood. So, like, Peter Rabbit and The Tailor of Gloucester and, you know, Jemima Puddle Duck and all those. Like, I, I remember because my dad bought me a collection of each of the individual books, yeah, I remember they were in a little carry case box, and I used to like try and take them around with me, with all the books in there. And it's like, Liz, you don't need to take a box full of you know ten <laughs> books everywhere. But I, and I still have them, which is nice. Yeah, so they, nice. they were my favorite. I just, you know, I'm, I love animals, so it just seemed <laughs> makes sense really that I like the series. Well, not a series, are they? They're all little books. Well, they're but... all individual stories, but yeah, it was a series. That took, I mean, yeah, I've got some old copies of those, but I'm not sure if they're like my childhood copies or if I've just somehow ended up with some old copies. Um, and then obviously I've got a newer set as well. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love, <laughs> love Beatrix Potter. And, and it's funny as well because, I mean, like Charlotte's Web was made into a movie quite a few years ago now, but still fairly modern. <laughs> um, and that was a really great movie. I really enjoyed that. And then, of course, Miss Potter, um, yeah, with one of my all-time favorite movies as well, which is obviously the story of Beatrix Potter. So, yeah, it's kind of you know our childhood books have sort of been revived through movies or TV shows or new books. Yeah. Or well, I think that's pretty awesome, really, because it shows how much of a classic that they they were. You know, yeah, because um, yeah. you know there are some books like our favorite teen books that we won't <laughs> mention, <laughs> which kind of. Sort of had a TV show for a short while there, but basically died a death. <laughs> I, I don't think I've heard, aside from me and you, mention mm. these books in, I don't even know how many years. <laughs> no, they, they really genuinely have kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. But, I mean, they, they, I, we have to talk about, they were epic at the time, weren't they? I they mean, were epic. Hundreds and hundreds of books so and different series as well. 
But at the same time, they did have, like, I remember even when I used to love them and read them, they had continuity issues because they were basically created by one person, but then they were all written by different authors, weren't they? They were all ghost, not quite ghost-written because their names were in them. But, um, but I remember at one point that these, so, okay, it's the Sweet Valley books for anybody who hasn't worked it out by now. Sweet Valley um, Twins, Sweet Valley High. Sweet Valley University. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but they basically had like about five 16th birthdays. Did you notice that? You know, they, <laughs> they're like 16 for like several years. They're 12 in the Sweet Valley mm. Twins for several years. And then they're in the university in the first year for several years. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, the continuity was not great, but we loved them anyway, didn't we? Oh yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah. I've, I've, you know, at the say around the same time, there was that, rather um probably ill-fated tv show as well i don't remember it doing very well oh it didn't do very well at all i mean it was pretty badly acted although quite funnily enough jessica the the woman who played is it Brittany Brittany daniel is the daniel twins isn't it um yeah she played jessica and she was actually in dawson's creek a while later oh. um so i was obsessed with dawson's creek and yeah she played the sort of like the bad girl in, in dawson's creek so that was quite funny because you know yeah <laughs> I, I still get the uh, the theme tune from that TV series. Oh, in my just head. don't, don't. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna sing. <laughs> it's not no, that kind of podcast. Don't sing it. But... <laughs> what the really like, embarrassing I, kind? Be sure. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, let me sing it. Then. No, I'm kidding. No, um, <laughs> I do get it in my head quite often. Like if yeah. I think about it, I, I'll be all day singing it, and it's it's a really embarrassing song as well. Yeah, I mean, it was a shame because you know we you know we really did love those books a lot and I mean we did probably read all I mean I had hundreds of them and I only oh, yeah. actually like got rid of them I only actually sold them back in like 2007 I mean I still had them at that point that, and it was well, only because I yeah it was a only because I oh so many books I mean and I, I sold them for a fair amount to be fair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't I was moving a lot and I needed space so you know, yeah, ca- casting around like hundreds of Sweet Valley books. Exactly, <laughs> they they just had to go. But yeah, it was kind of sad because you know it was our our childhood, wasn't it? <laughs> really. Yeah, because I mean it was supposed to be for slightly older. But I remember we were reading them at eight years old. I mean, you know, we just yeah, yeah. we loved them. But uh... I, I mean, this this is like well, kind of what you were saying before. But when oh. um when we moved to Canada, I um, didn't have any friends. <laughs> And I, I used to just read Sweet Valley books by myself in the playground. God, we were sad little children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was but, some you violin know. playing in the distance right now. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, uh, I, I kind of see all of the reading that I did as a child and as a teenager as, as, a, as the training, really. I mean... Although it wasn't so great, the fact that obviously Sweet Valley are American books and I read a lot of other American romance novels as a teenager as well. And of course, all the American English just bled into my work. And I remember my English teacher telling me off because there's no such word as gotten. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, there is. It's in my book. <laughs> and of course, at that point, you know, American English, English didn't really sort of compute. So I still only, to this day, I struggle with the difference. I, talking about the word gotten, I didn't realise that it wasn't part of British English until you told me. So, <laughs> I like, Did you know? No. I was like, so, putting gotten yeah. in stuff and you were like, you can't use that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I mean, I still mix up like windscreen and windshield and, you know, not quite sidewalk and pavement. I'm not quite that bad, but 
I remember, do you remember um, heaven.com? I put nightstand instead of bedside table. Oh. And you were like, yeah, that's too American. I'm like, yeah. what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely no difference to me. So yeah, that, that does make it difficult. Like, realizing the difference because it's interchangeable to me it's just normal yeah so yeah so that you know but I think all the reading that we did was definitely training for what we now do and uh yeah I think it was it was good that we were you know sad friendless little girls (laughs) sitting by ourselves (laughs) reading our books (laughs) um and if you do that or your child does that it's absolutely fine they will turn out great yeah they'll be fine there's no issues yeah <laughs> because uh yeah I mean just the amount of I mean I would love to be able to read it that much now but I mean it's just not possible I haven't I haven't read that much in years yeah my other favorite ones do you ever read any Christopher Pike I'm not sure I can't remember yeah so he wrote see some of them I, I've, I've this is the thing I've actually reread some of my favorite teen books more recently and I can really appreciate how well written they are. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just love the stories when I was a teenager, but now I read them and I'm like, oh, these are actually really good. So, yeah, he wrote um, The Master of Murder and uh, Witch, which is one of my favorites. Um, and I actually wrote to him once. I sent him an email and I thought I asked him a very, like, interesting question. And I was expecting that if he did answer, then, you know, he'd actually answer my question. And I asked him why he normally wrote in a female, from a female point of view because a lot of his books have female main characters. Hmm. And I'd noticed this pattern and I thought, this is interesting. I'd like to know why. And I, I emailed him and I asked him, this is back in the early days of email as well. So it was quite exciting. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for anybody listening who, you know, think that's you know, a bit boring. Um, and he did reply and I was very excited. And his answer was a single line and it said, because I like it. I mean I was really excited to receive this because you know he was like one of my idols at the time so I was very excited about this but thinking about it it could have it could have elaborated a little bit (laughs) but um yeah so and the other ones that I reread more recently were the um the Wicker series by Kate Tiernan which Mm -hmm. I absolutely adored and um LJ Smith you know the Night World and Secret Circle Nice. Um, she also wrote the Vampire Diaries, but I never did read the Vampire Diaries. I only ever read the witchy ones with the Secret Circle and that. So, and the Secret Circle, they made that into a TV show, and it completely bombed. Completely bombed. Yeah, it doesn't that always was a bit work, bad. does it? No, they they changed it too much. I tried to watch the first episode, and I was literally sitting there going, "What are they doing? <laughs> this is not the book at all." They changed it to the point where it was a completely different thing. It wasn't anything to do with the book, so that was. That was quite disappointing because that was one of my favorites. Um, it's but... quite. It's. I don't read any like horror or anything now at all, or no, watch any because no, I'm, I'm like a scaredy cat. I can't do. Yeah, it. me too. But um, <laughs> when we were in the the latter years of uh, primary school, like horror books were it. You know, like yeah. even even like the kids who didn't read were, were like into like Goosebumps and Point Horror. Right. And it was like super yeah, point cool. of horror were were quite gruesome. I mean, I remember, I think I remember reading one of those when we were on holiday, and I was actually almost getting visions of what was happening in the book. You know, I was actually <laughs> seeing what was going on, and it was, yeah, they were pretty gruesome. I'm I'm the same. I mean, I used to write stories sometimes that had a bit of a horror element to them. I mean, I would never do that now. I, I genuinely <laughs> couldn't no. do it. Like, I I yeah, I'm a scaredy cat. I, I mean, I can't watch horror movies and. And even movies that have a slightly sort of more paranormal 
and it's not trying to be scary but there's like a little bit of a scary I yeah I get a bit freaked out sometimes yeah I'm the same I can't I can't do it at all I can't I mean you know yeah so but yes we're talking about nice children's books so Beatrix Potter (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's go back to the nice ones (laughs) there is there is Um, one one sort of point I want to make when I when after I moved to Canada and I was really into Sweet Valley or whatever there came a point where I was far too cool for reading so I I couldn't I I didn't want to read you know I don't know what it was like 13 14 yeah and um I was like, no, reading's boring. You know, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so for, you know, maybe two, three years, I didn't read anything at all. Right. Unless I had to <laughs> for school. So I was like, nope, do not do reading. And there was, yeah, maybe three years where I didn't read at all. Wow. And the this is um, what really broke that for me. I mean, I, you know, I did read some books. The only books I really liked to read were the books I could get. They were my mum's books. <laughs> right the books my mum was reading because obviously I was too cool for kids books by then oh yeah this is uh, like I, I was supremely uncool so <laughs> that, that's why I'm pretending I was cool but um um the book that really broke this you know our reading is so boring and rubbish thing was and again probably too old for me but <laughs> was the Bridget Jones books Oh, okay. The first Bridget Jones book was like the yeah. book that, that reminded me that, oh, actually, I do like reading and it can be really fun and just a good yeah, thing to I do. I think I read that as a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember the her like the diary entries of how many cigarettes she'd smoked and stuff. Yeah, and I, yeah I, I remember reading that quite young and not really resonating with it in any way shape or form because like I didn't do any of the stuff that she did no but they um, were funny weren't they it was funny oh yeah the books are really funny yeah although I haven't read any of the later ones I've read I've read them all I mean you've read not, them all okay they're not all as good as the first two but no. <laughs> um but that, that really sometimes. that really was like the first Bridget Jones book was the first book that sort of brought you back to reading interesting and then you know further on from that going a bit bit later on because I came to this series reasonably reasonably late I think I was 18 I think was Harry Potter yeah I came to that even later I think and the the fourth book was already out before I even started um because again it was kind of like oh everybody else is reading them oh no I don't want to follow the pack <laughs> no I, th- I think that the you know? uh, yeah no I was like pushback against Harry Potter it's like no yeah. it, it's too popular it can't possibly be good <laughs> you know? yeah basically yeah I know the fourth book was out when I started reading because I remember the fifth book coming out when I was yeah see I was really into it and then I, I ordered it the fifth book and I was you know I literally I sat in the garden and just read it non-stop yeah <laughs> do anything else and then I think when the, yeah so when the sixth book came out I was actually in the states and I had to order it um on the internet so I got the American version of the sixth book and I've still never oh. had the British version I've only got the American one and um and again we we were supposed to be working because I mean I was at summer camp and we were supposed to be working and in, and instead we were just sitting there reading Harry Potter <laughs> <laughs> and the and the camp director comes around and checking on us and I, all of a sudden I hear this <clears throat> and I look up and I'm like Oh man, <laughs> busted! <laughs> uh, but I, I literally read it within the twenty-four hours of receiving it. I think I just, yeah, inhaled it. Same again with the seventh book when that came out. I remember that coming out. That came out in like two thousand and seven. Yeah, July time, um, I think. Yeah, and uh, and again, I had to go to work for the day, but I sort of took it with me and I read a bit on the bus, and then 
<laughs> so yeah, it's um, no Harry Potter. Well, we're both complete Harry Potter freaks, aren't we? Really? Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I just don't. I don't care what anybody says. The uh, it's an no. amazing series, and I love it. Yeah. And you know, yeah. there's a lot of like hate on. I hate the term, but on millennials, which I suppose we are. <laughs> about how much supposedly we, yeah <laughs> how much we all like harry potter and how embarrassing it is to the, the younger generations and i'm like i don't care <laughs> honestly no, harry, harry potter is just it's just magical there's no other word for it it's just, no it's just it's just completely magical and it's it's a huge part of our lives so um obviously we <laughs> even as adults we still love children's books we do absolutely yeah. and i don't think children's book or even like you know you get the sort of um young adult books they're not just for young adults you know i mean the biggest demographic that read young adult books are older people yeah <laughs> you know because we we love all of that we don't necessarily need all the sort of adult themes in books to be able to enjoy them um so yes we do love children's books definitely oh yes we do <laughs> And um, you've also started writing for children now as well. Yeah, well, I mean, the first one was three years ago, <laughs> two years ago. I mean, it's quite a while ago now. I had I had intended to have the next one out by now, which we're working on. Um, but it's yeah, it's going to be a little while. But yeah, writing for writing for children is is way more fun. <laughs> you can yeah. kind of be far more sort of magical in your writing I mean obviously the first book in the Earth Angel series is sort of suitable for any age there's nothing really in there that would be unsuitable but I was writing for adults you know when I wrote that um and I think yeah writing for children is much more it's much more fun and it's much more like fun to read out loud as well I mean when I launched it I did a you know reading from it and it's they are much more fun to read (laughs) yeah because it's got they've got kind of this sort of flow to them that's quite enjoyable to actually uh yeah to read so yeah but we will be releasing the new one hopefully this year but we'll see I guess so the magical fairy door is the the children's book that you have um in publication at the moment and I'm I'm actually reading it to my children at the minute at bedtime <laughs> so that's nice <laughs> yeah well and like we were saying you know all about older people love it my mum loves the book and quite a lot of my earth angel series readers they've read it as well they you know bought it for the children you know quote unquote yeah <laughs> um but they all love the story as well and I still love the story I have to admit when I reread it I'm like yeah actually this is you know this is, this is kind of uh yeah it's kind of book that I definitely would have read as a child so as it is world book day today um Michelle is going to read us the first chapter of magical fairy door yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And I apologise for any background noise. It was uh, quite difficult to get a quiet moment today. <laughs> the Magical Fairy Door by Michelle Louise Gordon. Chapter One. Lily walked around the shop, her small mouth opened wide in delight at the magical things before her. Her mum had told her many times before never to touch things in shops, but she couldn't help reaching out to feel the soft hair of the fairy dolls and the rough grain of the fairy doors. When she stepped into the back room of the shop, she gasped at the sight of all the brightly coloured fairy outfits, every different shade of pink, blue, purple, red, orange, green and yellow, sparkles, sequins, velvets, cottons, tulle and taffeta. 
she was in heaven, fairy heaven. Throughout her short ten years, Lily had always felt a connection to the small folk that supposedly lived at the bottom of the garden. She had begged her parents to read fairy stories to her over and over, and then, when she could read them for herself, she would spend hours with a torch under the bed covers, reading the wonderful adventures and poring over the pictures. She had spent countless afternoons at the bottom of the garden, staring intently at the bushes and plants and whispering for the fairies to come out and let her see them, but they hadn't ever shown themselves. She still believed, though. Even when her classmates had teased her for believing, even when they laughed at her for going to the Halloween party in her homemade fairy outfit, she didn't care. She knew that fairies were real, and now she was in a place where it seemed that the grown-ups believed they were real too. Are you okay there? Lily jumped and looked up at the lady who had appeared. She had long red hair, bright blue eyes, and was wearing the most magical dress Lily had ever seen. It had long pointy sleeves and layers of lace and silk, and was a beautiful shade of sea blue. Suddenly aware that she was staring at the lady with her mouth open, Lily nodded quickly, still feeling a little awestruck. The lady smiled. Do you like fairies? Lily nodded and then cleared her throat. I do. I know they exist, even though I haven't seen one yet. The lady looked around as though checking to make sure no one was listening. Then she bent forward a little and whispered, I've seen them. A long, long time ago. That's why I have a fairy shop. All of the items in this shop are magical, because they have been blessed by the fairies. Lily's eyes grew wide and she stared at the lady, trying to decide if she was telling the truth. After a few moments, she decided it didn't matter. She wanted an outfit blessed by the fairies. How much are the dresses and the wings? Lily asked, touching the brightly coloured fabrics, mentally adding up how much she had in her purse and even what she had in her money box at home. When the lady told her the prices, her heart sank. There was no way she could afford that, and her parents, who thought that the fairy thing was a phase, would never agree to pay that much. They hadn't even wanted to come into the shop with her. Instead, they were in the cafe next door. Oh, Lily said, um, I'll have to come back when I've got more money. You could still try one on if you wanted to. Lily smiled. Really? Even though I can't buy it? Sure, then you will know what it looks like, so when you have the money, you will know what you want. Lily went over to the rail and picked out a dress in her favourite colour, aquamarine. It was made from lace and velvet and had a full tulle underskirt. Then she chose a pair of matching butterfly wings. They were iridescent and shimmered, even in the artificial light. The lady nodded and got the wings and then pointed to the changing room. Lily stepped inside the tiny room with the dress, her heart beating fast as she pulled her jeans and t-shirt off and slipped the dress on over her head. When the fabric settled onto her body, she sighed. It was perfect. She looked just like a fairy. She stepped out of the changing room and the lady nodded. Yes, that one is a perfect fit on you. Turn around and I'll put the wings on, and then you can see in the big mirror. Lily turned and felt the wings being fastened to her back. Then she took a deep breath and walked over to the large mirror that had a carved wooden frame around it. When she saw her reflection, she gasped again. She looked like a real fairy, and what's more, she felt like one too. She turned to thank the lady for allowing her to try on the beautiful dress, and she could have sworn that she saw the wings fluttering a little, like real wings. She looked back at her reflection, but the wings were still. She frowned. Did you see that? 
See what? the lady asked. Lily shook her head. Nothing. Thank you so much for letting me try on the dress. I feel like a real fairy in it. You look like one too. Very much like the ones I remember from years ago. Lily stood and stared at her reflection for a while longer, but knew her family would be getting impatient and that she should change back into her normal clothes and join them. Finally, she asked the lady to remove the wings and went to change. Her clothes felt boring and dull and she reluctantly handed over the beautiful dress back to the lady to be hung back on the rail. Are you on holiday? the lady asked her. Yes, Lily said. We're here just for a few days. I've wanted to come here for a long time and I finally persuaded my family. The lady hung up the dress and the two of them walked back to the front of the shop through the treasure trove of fairy items. I would really like to buy something from your shop, Lily said, but I only have ten pounds with me. I do have more money in my piggy bank at home, but my parents wouldn't let me bring it all. What would you recommend I get? Lily looked longingly at the beautiful fairy dolls in their tiny bright outfits and transparent wings. The lady thought for a moment, then she went over to the shelf and took something from the very back. She held it out to Lily, who took it from her, feeling her excitement dwindle. She stared at the gnarled wooden door, which had a tiny brass doorknob and the name of the fairy shop written on it. She frowned up at the lady. Do you have anything prettier? The lady laughed. This is a very special fairy door. If you attach it to a tree in your garden, then visit with some sweet treats on the next full moon, you will be in for a surprise. Lily looked back down at the door. Though she was curious, she also really wanted something pretty and fairy-like to take home, not just an old, rough bit of wood. The door is yours. I don't need any money for it. So why don't you have a look to see what you can find for your ten pounds? The lady took the door from her, and Lily noticed she was wearing a beautiful silver ring with a seven-pointed star on it. I'll wrap this up ready for you. Lily nodded and then looked around the rest of the shop. She found a pretty hair clip that had long strands of glittery threads that were meant to blend in with your hair. She selected one in her favourite colour and took it to the counter where the lady wrapped it up and placed the door and the hair clip in a bag with the shop logo on it. She took the £10 note from Lily and then counted out her change. Thank you, Lily said, for the door and for letting me try on the dress and the wings. You're most welcome, Lily. Be sure to do what I said on the next full moon, OK? Lily nodded, took the bag and then left the shop to join her family. It wasn't until she was tucked up in bed that night in the B&B that she realised that she had never told the lady her name. How had she known? We hope you enjoyed listening to the first chapter of The Magical Fairy Door by Michelle Louise Gordon. If you'd like to get your own copy, you can do so via Amazon, or if you'd like a signed copy, you can get one from Michelle's website, michellegordon.co.uk. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We'll be back again with you soon.